Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Get a gun. Hello and good evening and welcome to the first show for Slamfire Radio's All Ladies episode. I wanted to say hello to Kelly Kincaid. Hello. Stace- hello, Kelly and Stacey Poland. <laughs> Hi, Kels. And Don Dealey. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Yay. So I just wanted to uh, tell everybody that this show is going to be all about hunting and as well. And we have a varying experience. So why don't we introduce ourselves? Uh, Kelly, why don't you go first? Uh, okay, so I'm Kelly Kincaid. This is my first year hunting, um, and I'm actually 40 years old, so it's not like I, I've, I've waited a long time to get started, but uh, I've definitely spent a lot of time in the woods making up for all the years I've missed. Um, I have been fairly successful, so it's uh, it's been a great experience. You recently just got your first I recently got my first deer on the 27th of December. Wow. Sorry, the 29th of December. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And yeah, Dawn. I also oh, went sorry, goose ahead. hunting and got a few geese this year, so I, I'm pretty happy with how things have gone. Excellent. Don, what about you? Can you introduce yourself as well and tell us all yeah. about your experiences? Yeah, I, uh, I'm 59. I started shooting not that many years ago. I've been hunting about four years, but I hunt pretty hard and I hunt often. Uh, I shoot Ipsic competitively as well. Um, I guess my my thing was is I, I've spent many, many years uh, in the woods, you know, doing wild crafting and, and uh, you know, uh, harvesting wild plants and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, after skinning and tanning hides and processing animals for other people for a while, I just thought, you know, and I breed hunting dogs as well. So after mm-hmm. about 25, 30 years of that, I thought, you know, it's time to sort of suck it up and get off the porch sort of thing. So I'd always wanted to hunt. It was just always finding time to go through the tests and stuff that we do out here in BC. So uh, last year I took uh, four animals, um, two deer, uh, caribou, and uh, think, 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 think. Oh, and a moose. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I've got several hunts lined up for this year, so actually I'm just leaving in six weeks to go on my first one. So, yeah, you know, that's I've hunted um, show Canada and a couple of hunts down in the States, so probably, making up for lost time, too. Yeah, you're probably the most <laughs> experienced that I've lost, though, right? Based on what we've been no, talking about. I would, I, I, you know, from the sounds of it, yeah, no no, no offense, ladies. It's going to sound <laughs> terrible, but, but yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, I've hunted, I've hunted in Quebec, Nunavut. Um, I've hunted in Maine in the U.S. Uh, hopefully, I'll be going out to Labrador this year. I'll be going to Saskatchewan this year and uh, back up to Nunavut again, Rankin Inlet and uh, Cambridge Bay. So, yeah. Yep. Every I'm totally get. jealous over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about it at the very end. One of the questions I want to have for you is what is your so maybe you can think about that and we'll. And, oh, I already have an answer for that one. Okay. <laughs> and we have <laughs> Stacy. So, Stacy, why don't you use yourself as well? Does anybody really not know who I am by this point? I don't know. 
All right. Um, I'm Stacy. I am part of the Appleseed Project. I'm from Michigan. Um, I don't hunt. I keep getting asked to go on the bunny bash for our local club, and I will not do it. I can't even imagine throwing rounds downrange at a bunny. So, no. Okay. I've never heard of that before. We do it every year. Okay. Um, now, you said that uh, you don't hunt, but you have gone out. Was it yeah, before? I went out with my grandfather when I was younger. So you are familiar with Yeah, I just really am not quiet enough to sit there for hours. <laughs> I have the same problem. <laughs> and you see, none of my hunting is done sitting. Well, some of it is, but we don't do the stand thing. It's A lot of our stuff is spot and stock, so okay. we're, we're always moving. Okay. And I think it's more the quiet part I have a problem with. Oh, the quiet part. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So um, everybody's talked about the types of hunting they've done as success. So uh, dawning have had success. Um, but we do. why don't we talk a little bit about the background in hunting? Like we used to see family, all of the family, uh, go out their tags, like the dads, the mom, that as well. And it fell off a little bit. Do you guys see it uh, picking up again? Are more women getting into hunting? The kids are gone as well. Are you seeing this or still not happening? Uh, can I go first? Sure. Sure. So um, I grew up in a room not far from where I live right now, southeastern Ontario. And when I was in high school, for the two weeks of rifle season for deer hunting, there was pretty much no classes. Um, everybody, if you weren't hunting, you didn't bother going to school because nobody was there anyway. And literally, it was whole families going to hunting camps together and and. Like, it was a, a family affair. It was a means of putting meat in the freezer. People depended on it. And then, I don't know, I just stopped seeing it happening. And just recently, I started getting back into partially because my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and he needed someone to help him. And what I thought would be, again, um, was really not, I don't know, a priority anymore. Mm -hmm. There used to be, I don't know, like all of my uncles and all of my cousins used mm -hmm. to go hunting. And, and this year it was probably a fraction, like maybe 15%. And honestly, there was also on like the opposite side of that, more girls than, than guys. Guys? Which, why you, yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's because we just wanted to take more of a leadership role and that the guys were falling down on their knees and we just decided that we could do a better job. I don't know. Like it, it was kind of like a girl power moment for us. And I've been noticing I shoot Ipsic as well. And I've been noticing there's a lot more popularity in the shooting sports as well, like in probably the last five to seven years. With females. So I don't know that it's going back to the family, but the females are definitely, there's more. Okay. What are you seeing, Dawn, with you? Um, well, I come from an urban area, and, and I've, you know, I don't, I, I do have a couple of women acquaintances who hunt that don't live anywhere near Vancouver. Uh, but the clubs, the gun clubs that I belong to, there are very, very few women um, that shoot period and and uh even fewer that actually hunt and i honestly can't say that i would regard that as representative of, of the province as a whole although when i do go hunting um i don't see i have a very 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 good friend who's an outfitter and when i go hunting with him or his you know his buddies or 
you know, this fellows that work for him. There's never women. Okay. You know, it's the same thing with the with the IPSC teams that along for me is getting off the topic, but I'm the only woman. And, um, you know, on, on my main, on one IPSC team that I belong to, there, there just isn't, the girls come out, they get their licenses, it's a great thing, it's everything else, and then the, the interest kind of just falls off the table. Thanks. And and I don't know why that is. I mean, hunting in BC can be very, very hard depending on where you go. Is it because it's physically demanding? I don't know. Is it because it's intimidating to be out in the woods with men or by yourself or whatever? I don't know. But there, there just aren't... I mean, let me put it to you this way. If I sat around waiting for women to go hunting with, mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. be 100 years old. You know, I, I'd like to see more. But I don't see them. I mean, maybe they're out there, but I just haven't run into them. To them, what do you think that we could uh, promote? How can we get more? Well, well, that's tough. I, I think to bring bring young women hunting with other women is a good beginning. Like uh, I hunt with Rachel, who's is an 18 year old daughter of one of the men in my hunting camp, and he and I pretty much hang out at the hunting camp together. But, like, we're supportive for each other, and, it, you know, it's not awkward because there's more of us, and we make it cool. Mm-hmm. And then she brings a teenage friend, and next thing you know, like, it, it's becoming more mainstream. Like, I think I think if you bring it and you make it fun and you talk about it, then it becomes something that's out in the open and acceptable. I think I, I do see, you know, I, I step back to think about this. It's like there are women, um, I know of more women who are, you know, who go out with shotguns, you know, who are after birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be more appealing. Um, it's not it's, it's not an activity that I do. So, again, I'm, I'm a little disconnected from that. But if I am going to see, you know, I have friends of friends who run duck trolling retrievers or, or Labradors or curly coats or something, and, and they'll go out hunting you know, pheasants and geese and, and whatnot. But by the same token, they're not big game hunters either. So, you know, these women are ter- are very accomplished and I certainly wouldn't want to have to compete against them with a shotgun because I'm, you know, you just don't, you just don't want to go down that visual. <laughs> and, uh, um, but, and they've been doing it for a very long time. Either their husbands did it or their, or they came out of families that did do it and they still do it for fun and basically being in the outdoors and whatnot. So um, there is that, there is that faction as well but uh-huh. uh it's again as i said it's not something that i run into what do you think about so when you said faction of duck hunting do you think that it's because it's mammal doe you know or no no not no? not at all not at all no. not at all not at all if they're out there shooting birds they'll you know they're they'll sh- shoot something furry you know but, but it's it's difficult i mean it it takes time it takes money to have the equipment to uh-huh. Um, to go out and get an animal, you're going to have to take somebody out there or go out there by yourself and, and skin it and drag it back and cart it in. And, and um, you know, yes, people do that on the island here. We have our own island blacktail and, and whatnot. But if you want to go up, um, I mean, I did a goat hunt in northern BC two years ago. I mean, way, way north. And there is no way I could have accessed the area, shot that goat, dressed it, packed it out, um, got out of there myself. I mean, it two days to get in mm-hmm. on horses. And, you know, I'm going to go in there all by my lonesome? No, that's, it's just not going to happen. So I don't think it's because women don't want to do it. It just becomes a question of 
of resources. Yeah, you know? and having a like having a place to go because you're not really going to do what Dawn's doing for your first hunt. Like you, right. you, you, you aren't going to walk in there and having never used your rifle and having never, you know, hunted something smaller. And because that would be very intimidating, not knowing how you're going to perform as a shooter. If you could get like a big ass moose in front of you and not be able to hit it, like you don't know. So you have mm-hmm. to have someone to go with locally. Well, like that doesn't cost a whole lot of money right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to borrow someone else's rifle and have borrow like go on someone else's land and if you have no idea how to hunt or track it like you really need some guidance to get started yeah mm-hmm. so like, what you... that's where the family unit used to come in like it right. used to be something that was taught but now if you want to get into it you have to have someone who's doing it now mm-hmm. okay so kelly how do you find that person well for me i found those people like through my local gun club because I was already shooting Ipsic. And so I, I knew people who were already shooting. So naturally some of them would be hunters. Um, I also, my dad, like I said, was a hunter. And so he had, you know, a gun for me to use and, you know, the desire to go. And, you know, in order for me, the commitment to go with him, I kind of wanted to go out with someone else first because, I mean, he's not as mobile as as he used to be. You can generally find people from that. Don, you you have a whole network, right? I have a whole network, and I was lucky because my best friend, um, um, I'd worked together with for a long time, and still do with you know dog showing and training and whatnot. And he was is a hunter and came up through a hunting family. His father hunted and so on. And so Doug was the one that basically. Uh, put a rifle in my hands, first of all, and said, here, shoot it, and let's see what you do with it, if you can manage to hit anything. And then um, arranged for me to go on a hunt in the Arctic with him and his father. So, I mean, it was kind of like jumping off the 10-meter tower mm-hmm. rather than kind of taking a dive off the side of the pool because it was a, it was a completely unknown quantity for me. All of a sudden, I'm going for not, from not ever hunting to like, bang, you're going up into the middle of the far Arctic in the mm-hmm. wintertime. And, but... But having said that, there are a lot of people in, or there were some people in the in the gun club I belong to here on the island that heard of my interest, and I sort of met them at, at gun shows and stuff, and they were very, very helpful. One of them actually was the first fellow to get me involved in Ipsic shooting as well. So um, the 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 effort was out there. I mean, there, but by the same token, you know, you, you look at some message boards and stuff, and you, you get a woman who will say, "Hi, I'm I'm new to this." what what can I do? Can somebody help me? And if they have the time to filter through all the garbage. crap, <laughs> yeah, all the garbage, you know, and all the, I, mean, I can't believe some of the things people say to women when they're starting. It just, yeah. you know, there'll usually be one or two little nuggets in there uh, where somebody can say, yeah, you know, why don't you try this? Or if you're in this area, why don't you contact this person? Or why don't, uh-huh. you know, and, and, but the women have to have, and, and, and I'll, and I'll beat on women a little bit here. They've got to have, the chutzpah to get out there and do it right. i mean this is not something where you know oh you know i need my hand held and oh yeah because i won't do that it's like you've got to have a little bit of intestinal fortitude this isn't this isn't easy it's fun it's huge it's great it's wonderful you're out in the woods and stuff but it's not a walk in the park and there is a learning curve and there is an acceptance curve and there is a 
you know, the very first time you pull a trigger on something, uh-huh. um, you have to be prepared. I mean, it didn't bother me any, but I've seen it with other women where they're like, oh, my God, what have I just done? Uh-huh. Well, you know, um, you've got yourself some real nice back straps there, sweetheart. Reach around, pat yourself on the back. You didn't do anything bad. And some women, some women hit that wall and, and they kind of go, oh, my God, you know, I don't really know if that's what I wanted to do. Well, at that point, it's a little late. But now you've done it. It's awesome. And that's when the work starts. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's when the work starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about a little bit about anyways, but why don't you talk about a suggestion that you have for a new lady get to it, so, uh, guns, or what you need to do or what you should be aware of, things that may not, uh, are not aware of until they actually start. Go for it. You want to go first? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, first of all, I would say realistically, the most important thing is ask yourself realistically uh, what you want to hunt, okay? If you if you want to hunt, if you want to start off hunting something like elk or moose, um, okay, that's what you want to focus on as far as your firearm goes. I don't necessarily recommend you do it that way, but if that's where your heart's set, then more power to you. And then select your gear from from there. Okay, be realistic in your expectations of what you can shoot and what you're going to hunt. If you are going out for, we'll use an island blacktail as an example. They're not big deer. So a 338 Lapua or a 300 Wind Mag is going to be a little much. But just because your neighbor or somebody says, well, yeah, I can shoot that or my kid can shoot that or whatever, don't get conned into the idea that bigger is better. You want what's going to get the job done. My favorite rifle is my 270 Win Mag. Or not, sorry, not, it's not a Win Mag. Sorry, just my, I don't have, I just bought my first Magnum caliber the other day, a 7, seven mil Rem Mag. But my 270, I've killed a lot of stuff or shot a lot of stuff with my 270. Okay. It's a light gun. It's a light round. But it's, it can get the job done mm-hmm. because I've shot a lot with it and I've hunted a lot with it and I feel very confident with it. So go with something you feel you can handle, not what somebody else says you have to have. This is where it's important that you get out, you get to the range, you talk to people, see if you can try other stuff, see if you can try people's guns and see what fits you, see what you like. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as a woman's gun. You know, oh, yeah, there's a lady model, such and such. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, wrong. Doesn't need to be specializing no. for ladies. No, because <laughs> like I said, I'm 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 really small, right? I'm yeah. five foot one. I weh 135 pounds, and I shoot a regular rifle. You know, mm-hmm. nothing cut down, nothing added, nothing taken away, just uh, right I off the shelf. To, yeah, I have to agree with Don. Um, my dad gave me this Browning Bar 30 six, mm-hmm. and I I honestly, it's a very classic gun. It's really and actually a pretty light gun but it's it's old school wood and i went down to the range feeling pretty mighty with it and i set it in a t-shirt and i promptly traded it in for a model 11 savage g43 and i think my dad is pretty hesitant to give me any other of his guns because he's pretty sure i'm going to trade them all (laughs) (laughs) but that that rifle fits me and I love it, and I will use it for a moose, deer, pretty much anything that I want to hit from far away. That is my go-to gun. And right and, there is a perfect example, if I can interrupt, because 243 is a small round. Mm-hmm. 
And if somebody is comfortable and competent enough to, to knock out a moose with a 243, more power to them. It just goes to show you, you don't need a cannon, you know, like high five to you. Thank you. Oh, no way. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, wow. That's impressive. I mean, that is really impressive. That's, that's, that's some good shooting. Well, I haven't shot it yet, but I'm working. I haven't got my first but if you, moose yet. But yeah. if you can with if you can with that, rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. You know. Is there any other placement. is there any other tips that you have for new shooters? Um, something else that I recommend if you are planning on going on your first hunt, replicate the conditions as much as you can when you're practicing. Uh, if you are going to be going out in northern BC in November. Don't assume that being able to shoot your rifle in the tank top and shorts is going to give you an idea of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When I went on my first Arctic hunt, I went up to the range every day dressed in full Arctic gear in August. So that was 30 some odd pounds of down boot, of, you know, down coats, mm-hmm. fur hats, fur gloves, Arctic boots, and I'd lie in the ground with my, you know, my, my rifle set up on a, on a bipod and practice shooting prone in the dirt and everybody thought I was out of my mind you know ex- except for the except for the people who are helping me shoot they said this is what you're going to have to do when you get up there and it's minus 35 or minus 40 you're not going to be saying oh my goodness i got to take all these clothes off you're going to have to learn how to shoot with all that stuff on and you better be comfortable in that sort of situation and they were right you know yeah, so that's something that i think it's really important get gear that fits and get you know and don't get the keep gun out on your clothes. Exactly. Like if, if you're going to be out there in the freezing cold, do not cheap out on your outdoor mm-hmm. gear because it is no fun. You're cold and wet. Yep. And bring extras. Bring extras. Yeah. And don't, oh, and a little pet peeve of mine, <laughs> no matter what they tell you, do not bathe yourself in buck, in dough urine or oh. all that kind of off. gross just oh yeah it's like you don't you, you, ladies you don't need it well i think that's a white tail thing you know and, a, and white yeah. tail hunting seems to be a kind of a, a community all its own but oh my goodness yeah. you, no you, you you don't have to do that ladies it's it's uh-uh. <laughs> and uh be prepared to put the time in it's not gonna like if you put your time in you will be successful, but you have to be prepared to sit there for hours, be in the woods for hours, and be alone for hours. And be, yeah. You can't just you can't just go out in the morning, come back for lunch, like maybe go out for an hour in the afternoon, and expect to to get anything. And if you do, you're really lucky. But yeah. you have to put the yeah. time in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and another thing, another thing, <laughs> practice. What? I just somebody shut me up. You know. Nope. Go no, ahead. I have more to add, so go ahead. Well, was, yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> practice, and I think this is practice shooting off things. Okay. Practice, okay. practice shooting off trees. Practice mm-hmm. shooting off rocks. Practice shooting um, off. Uh, practice kneeling. Practice prone. Practice shouldering that gun in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And that might not be because you want to take a running shot at something. You just don't know what might be behind you when you turn around. Okay. So practice, 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 because I can guarantee you, you're not going to have that nice little bench rest on the woods 
and you're not going to yeah no <laughs> come on and you're not going to have you're not going to have that tool all set up and you're not going to have time to kind of sit and muck around and kind of well you might but you know chances are you're going to um you're going to have to be shooting off a rock or you're going to have your rifle propped uh-huh. up in the fork of a tree or you're going to have to be nestled down in a bunch of wet mossy crap with your mm-hmm. bipod or not and practice that because that will be you know that can make the difference between whether you get that shot a good shot or shot or, not. or not yeah and, and yeah. find a position that's for you you know and mm-hmm. i have to add to that make sure you mark your distances or make sure yeah. you know what your distance is i missed a deer with my crossbow this year because it was probably twice as far from me as I needed it to be and I just in the heat of the moment thought it was mm-hmm. close enough and I ended up getting my deer with a crossbow this year but it wasn't oh, you're the first good. deer I, I just wasn't the first deer I took a shot at it was like only after I missed because I hadn't I hadn't marked it know your distance well that no that's a that's a super good point and just to sort of again elaborate on that a little bit if you're a rifle shooter once you select the the rifle that you like or that you want go out and buy a box of every manufacturer's ammunition in that caliber that you can find because rifles like certain things they do and you can without naming different manufacturers um I went through seven or eight different manufacturers for my first rifle mm-hmm. and some of them shot beautifully and some of them shot, it was, it was crap. Horrible. I had to go and sell the rest yep. of the ammo. It was horrible. So yep. don't just pick the first thing off the box or because somebody says, yeah, you know, my Browning X likes this. Well, my Tika didn't, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the time to find out is not when you're aiming at your deer or your moose or your elk or whatever. The time to know is beforehand. It's a little pricey, you know, um, ammunition now is running, I mean, I just spent 70 bucks a box on, you know, on, uh, Saco 7 mil rem mag ammo, but I know that stuff will shoot amazing. Right. So it's worth every penny, but find out, play around and find out what works because they're all going to be different. Yeah, yeah that's you, true. Uh, do either of you load for your own? I have. I start. I reload nine millimeter for Ipsic. Right. I've just started reloading 243. Um, and like Don says, I'm I'm definitely some you know deviations, <laughs> and that it's yeah. a work in progress. Yeah. So, but I have time. I, I don't. I, I same thing. I reload for, for Ipsic, mm-hmm. but I have found that the hunting rounds I'm using after a little bit of trial and error uh, works so well in my guns. I mean, I'm lucky because Sako and Tika, they make their own ammunition. And, mm-hmm. and if you're lucky, if I'm lucky enough to be able to find a place that has, and they, and they, and they have somewhat odd bullet weights, but they work like, if I can say it, a hot damn. So yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of at the yeah I'm kind, I'm kind of at the impression that if it if it isn't if it isn't broken, broken, broken. I'm not going to look for a way to fix it right you know and yeah. and they do you know they Sockle only runs their ammo through Sockle rifles every day you know so and they've got ballistics charts chart apps you can 
upload and charts you can carry and all kinds of cool stuff. So mm-hmm. for me, it's perfect. perfect. Honestly, it's perfect. too, and I, I, I seem to be heading back that way. I have found some old that I, I do like, and uh, it's kind of easier than for the number of rounds I shoot through the rifle, which is considerably mm-hmm. less than the handgun. It, you know, really... I'm kind of heading back to just buying manufacturing. Don, we were talking about it before we actually started uh, recording. We were talking about suggestions for new hunters, and you were talking Mm -hmm. about making sure you know what you're shooting at and being confident in your shot. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I do, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As we were talking about, yeah, well, as we were talking about before, um, I have a friend in Poland who's a who's a, uh, a dog breeder who was um, hunting with her dogs. They were hunting wild boar, and her dog was shot and killed by another hunter. Um, the dog was wearing blaze orange, and this hunter shot him from a distance of 30 meters. So that's like, wow. what, 100 feet. Yeah. And, you know, the dog in question is about 50 pounds of black and white, and, of course, we all know what a boar looks like. So how they could get these mixed up, I really have no idea. But it's absolutely imperative, imperative that you know exactly what you're shooting and where that bullet's going to go. Mm-hmm. Here in BC, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's across the country, but you can, in, in so many species, yes, it's okay to shoot the male, but you're going to end up locked up for the rest of your life if you shoot a female. Mm-hmm. So for God's sake, don't make that mistake. You know, no, I say know your limit, shoot within it. You know, and if you don't think you can make that shot, if you're not sure about your range, about whether or not the trajectory is going to fall off, if you just don't know, it is so much better to take a step back and say, you know something, not my day to day, rather than leave an animal out to die in the woods that you can't track. Um, I've had this discussion on many forums or been part of discussions where people argue with deer and moose and whatnot, not so much moose, but, you know, headshots versus body shots. Mm-hmm. And there's always that, and I'll say it, I'll come right out and say it, there's always that macho element. They'll say, oh, yeah, I only take a headshot. That's all I'll do. Mm-hmm. And if you spend enough time in the woods long enough, you'll see where that can go horribly, awfully, tragically wrong. Um and it's just so for me, I feel very confident. I think I'm a good a good hunter and I'm good with a rifle. That's a shot I'm never gonna take, ever. Because there's just too much room for error. It's got nothing to do with whether I practice or don't know the weather or whatever. It's a question of I want to make absolutely sure that those animals drop where I shot them and that I'm not gonna spend the rest of the day running around looking for a blood trail or worried about whether I find a pile of guts in one corner and the deer someplace else and I've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. And we'll get, oh, yeah, I took a front shot, and what did I do? I I didn't kill it. I zippered the deer instead. Oh, yeah, you just don't want to go that way. You know, you don't want to hear that. And and it was actually a woman hunter that I had to kind of talk off a ledge about that. She got a little bit of buck fever going on, and she thought she had the right shot going, and she didn't. And so you just have to be – it's not about being a good shot. It's about being a careful shot, you know, and having – you know, and being, being, being an ethical hunter. That, to me, is huge. Huge. Mm-hmm. Able to put down as fast and yeah. Right. And sometimes they'll sometimes they'll move a little bit. You know that they, they don't always just keel over where they're standing. But interestingly, I I took a um, Quebec caribou in October, and the guide I was with filmed the whole thing. And I remember taking this shot and watching this animal go down and thinking, Oh my God, this thing forever, like forever. 
and I didn't realize he was filming this on his phone. And I, you can hear me saying, oh, my God, I've got to shoot him again. He goes, nope, 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 you're okay. From the minute, he showed it me afterwards, from the minute that animal walked out with another gang of bulls, that he walked out of these cops of trees, that I lined up as he was walking, and I shot him, and he went down dead, was about a minute and 15 seconds. Wow. And that was, yeah. And but to me, it seemed like 15 like minutes. I thought, my eternity. God, he's never going to die. You know, and what have I done? And nope. And, I mean, that wasn't from the first shot. That was, I mean, it only took one round. That minute 15 was from when we first saw them. So, you know, time time stands still. You know, time will, you think, oh, my God, it's taking forever. Uh, what have I done wrong? You know. And the half hour to wait feels like forever as well. It's a oh, lifetime. Yeah. Like a lifetime, yeah. especially, like, for me, it was my first year. It was a lifetime. But, yeah. But I think that's the yeah. important part because that's, that's the part where where hunting is demonized, right? And the animal suffering. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and they, you know, this is this is maybe a bit graphic, but we do have a saying in hunting that they just don't know they're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you can um, you can shoot something like moose. I shot last fall. Um, I shot him once. He took two steps. I shot him again. He dropped like a sack, like a sack of like a like a bag of rocks. And when we got up to him and field dressed him, um, the round had gone through and basically turned his lungs into lace. I mean, he had he would not have gone very far. But there is this kind of you know the, that whole flight or fight thing takes over, and they are they don't feel it. They go down. They're dead. But it just doesn't happen in a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're absolutely right. That's that's something where people say, oh, my God, they're suffering. They're this, that. Well, you know, not in a case like that. They're not. But that is a hard thing to try and explain to people who, who don't see it and don't know and can't imagine, you know. I think they don't, they don't understand that that happens when animals are slaughtered for the grocery store, too. Like, they don't exactly. go down right away either. They just don't. Yep. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So Kelly, you were a brand new hunter, not brand new. Well, pretty much yeah, brand, brand new, new hunt, brand yeah, new hunter pretty much. this year. So, do you have any extra tips for ladies starting a well that Dawn you haven't covered? Um. Well, yeah, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. When just just be very very conscientious of the fact that you're new and that you do have a lot of learning to do. And listen to what other people tell you, but but always look at where it's coming from. And if you get yeah. the chance to go with someone else, even to be an observer, go just right. to see mm-hmm. to see what you're getting into. Because if you don't know what you're getting into, it's very overwhelming. And making a shot at the range versus making a shot with an animal are pretty different. Like if yep. you have that whole buck fever or like excitement that happens that makes you like unsteady and you have to learn and train yourself to be steady. And so I guess, I guess go, go if you have the chance, every chance you get. And my first yeah. goose hunt this year was with um, a friend of mine, Rob, who is very experienced mm-hmm. and he was, was great. He called the geese in for me. He helped me set them up. He talked me through how the decoys need to be set up, like where they would be coming from, how the geese you know, have to, to land in the wind. And like that is 
experience that I could Google. I mean, I could yeah. spend hours and never really understand. Right. So, yeah. so just true. if you get the chance, go. Go with somebody who's done it. Every single time they ask, go. And don't be afraid. Because... I mean, yeah. you're always going to be nervous. I mean, right. it, and it's okay to ask questions. But, yeah, fake it till you make it, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the confidence comes with time. That's but true. Until you get it, you know. Yeah. Put on a good show. Put on a good show. <laughs> right. But ask questions. But ask questions. Right. You know, learn as much as you can because those, that experience, a lot of people don't talk about hunting because it's not something everybody talks about. It's something yeah. that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So a lot of times they won't offer unless you ask. Yeah. Right. You're right. Actually. And women are, women are, I think, don't give themselves the credit they deserve when it comes to, to act to the actual shooting because women, because I, I found that because they don't feel they have anything to prove, you know, and, and, and that, that issue about, oh my God, I'm a woman, I can't do this and they're going to think I'm terrible and, you know, I'm, I'm just a girl. That sometimes translates really well in the field because they have nothing to prove to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, some women go and say, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's going to hate me if I don't do this or I don't do that or they're going to think I'm stupid or they're going to think I'm a rotten shot. But what I see is that women are far more careful when it comes to their breathing and when it comes to positioning the rifle properly and then it comes to, you know, not jerking their triggers and, and, and stuff. So, so that adage about women better shooters right out of the box is usually is you know it's true right because they they don't have well I have to perform a certain way I mean yeah some women do and and you know oh my god I have these expectations I have to live up to but if you can get past that and just do it for yourself they're far better at getting over that initial jump they they I don't I've, I don't think I've ever seen a woman with buck fever you know, they might be intimidated about what they're doing, but they're not, they're not getting that, that jumpy hyper. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, yeah. they, they just don't, they don't do that. There's not that you said earlier, macho no. or testosterone, no. you know? I yeah. No. Right. right. Yeah. Women are very coachable. I've, I've yeah. noticed they just yeah. tend to focus on, you know, what's the first thing I do? What's the second thing I do? They don't yeah. get, like you said, they don't get the whole, I am just going to yeah. do what I want to do. And that's a really good point that that's a really good point that that they are more coachable and 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 they are more you know i, I don't i think that they understand far better that the only stupid question is the one you don't ask you know once mm-hmm. they sort of get over that um but don't be afraid ladies don't be afraid to ask that question everybody started somewhere and the real hunters are going to look at you and say wow you know she's really in tune with what she's doing she's really keen to get this right and you have to respect that. And yeah. every guy I've gone hunting with or, or gone out camping with and stuff, they've, they've all been like, wow, I get to go hunting with a girl. Awesome. <laughs> you know? And some of these guys are half my age. And they're like, oh, man, that's so cool. That's awesome. I wish my wife would do this and stuff. And, and they oh. just think that's cool. You know, yep. they think that's really cool. So, Well, yeah. speaking of guys wanting their wives to wives to do it what would you guys uh, suggest for those guys that want to try and get their into sh- um how can we how can what tips can we give them or daughters even uh, having other women there definitely helps mm-hmm. yeah uh, i don't 
take direction from my spouse very well. So <laughs> most people <laughs> don't, Kelly. It's I okay. Would suggest, <laughs> oh my God. And that's probably why I'm still single. Having someone else instruct them because uh-huh. it might be better received. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not point. another female, then uh, yeah, anybody another, else. Yes, anybody, anybody else. else. Well, preferably a good friend who knows what's doing, but yes, anybody else. And not because my husband doesn't know what he's doing, but because we're equal partners in this relationship and it just doesn't, doesn't doesn't match up well for him to Mm -hmm. be. And it, you know, it just, it's, it's easier to take criticism or, or direct from someone else. That's a very good point. Um, and I think sometimes men have to, if they have a wife, girlfriend, daughter, maybe not so much with daughters. I think guys, you know, this is my little girl, and you know, I've never had kids, so I, I could be way off that with this. But if you have a, a significant other who wants to take this up and who's keen, first of all, don't force them if they aren't, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are, um, kind of encourage them along. Get them to come out with you first see what it's all about, see if they want to take it to the next step, uh, get them helping with the skinning, with the prep, with, you know, all of that and get them to the range, do all the groundwork first. And then patience, mm-hmm. I think, is the big thing, you know, just just uh, um, don't be too quick to jump in and say, no, you're, you know, instead of saying you're doing that wrong, try, how about I'm going to suggest that you do it this way. Or why don't you try and do it this way, and 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 you know, or be you a might little... be more successful this way. It'll feel better. Or you might be more successful if you do it that way. Or right. how? Yeah. Or how come you're? You know, what? Why are you? Why did you choose to do it that way? What? What? What works for you? Why does that work for you? And I think that that um, if you can, you know, if you can manage to do that, then they're like, wow, I, you know, I went up there and didn't get my head bitten off. Yeah, you know, and can um, I just add, let them mm-hmm. get their own gun yep. because yes. don't expect yep. them to use your gun. If they have ownership of their own gun, they'll use their right. own. Yeah, yeah. But if they do like, they've tried your gun and they pay to actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> acquired a few that way. <laughs> Are we up to well, then it, you relinquish ownership, right? That's what happens, yeah. right? Yeah, I like this. I'm now at the point where I'm in, well, no, you're not allowed to have any more of my gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, that's right. fun. Yeah. So recently you both went on uh, winter hunting and that. Do you have tips? Mm-hmm. We co- we keep talking about tips, but let's talk about winter hunting specifically. I know that, Don, that there's probably some things that you can uh, talk about in regards to whether it be going out and hunting moose or elk or whatever, but specifically about winter hunting. There's well, a- Kelly, was it you that mentioned earlier uh, um, about don't skimp on gear? Yeah. That, that was the yeah. other Kelly, yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was that is, that is really, really um, important point. I If I'm going out someplace where it's cold, like really cold, uh, I wear a lot of wool, um, mm-hmm. and I get and I get good wool. And um, can I make a plug for a manufacturer or no? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I go ahead. I've yeah. If you're going someplace where it's extreme hunting, um, I don't think I'm not so sure you'd have these kind of conditions. And well, yeah, in northern Ontario you would. I wear Kuyu gear. 
um, which is um, they're a spinoff from Sitka. And uh, you see people out here that are doing extreme mountain hunting for goats and sheep and whatnot. A lot of guys wear Kuyu gear. It's not made for women. It's not made for little tiny people. The smallest size they make is a men's medium, but it's great layering gear. It's a universal patented. I think their, their camel pattern is patented that blends everywhere. I mean everywhere. And it is outstanding stuff. But you can only buy it online and it's pricey. But would I recommend it? To, would I recommend it to somebody? You bet. Um, I'm going to have to look that up. So it's K-U-I-U, right? K-U-I-U. Yep, right. right now there's, there's free shipping. <laughs> Just well, their, their fun, service you know. is terrific. They're, yeah. uh, you know, I've never had to wait more than two or three days before the stuff, you know, I got, was getting a little notice from the post office. Yeah. Uh, they're terrific. And they're the, the um, I mean, I watched enough hunters wearing this stuff and I thought, okay, these guys are coming from all over the U.S. and, and everything and they can't all be wrong, right? Mm. Then I borrowed a couple of, of insulated shirts from one guy to wear and said, wow, you know, this stuff works pretty good. Uh, bought some pieces for myself and was like, wow, this stuff is really, and that's, you know, I wear a lot of that now, but, um, it, you know, some of the stuff is just never going to fit, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm only five foot one and I think the small, the shortest pair of pants I have is about five foot six. But if you're that sort of average build, this stuff is amazing, but don't skimp on gear. You know, there's lots of great gear companies out there that make extraordinary clothing for whatever kind of hunting you want to do. I mean, that just happens to be my preference, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think you need to get totally bent out of shape over, well, this camel pattern for this woods or this whatever, unless you're in snow camo and then you kind of stick out like a green thumb if you're wearing blaze orange, you know. Yeah. But, but, you know, but other than that, um, like when you, European hunters come over here, most of them are just wearing flat green and having, you know, when you go hunting in Scandinavia and the Nordic countries, most of them will wear just plain old dark solid green. And it seems work no matter where they go, you know. So I think that sort of stuff you can get really hung up on. I got to have the neatest, coolest, trendiest. Get. Yeah, I struggle also with the fit. Are you there? You're quite tiny. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm five four and about 100 pounds, so I'm I'm very small build. Yeah. And uh, I find that if it doesn't fit, that it's too bulky and I'm getting caught on it. Like when I yeah. pull my rifle up, I'm getting caught on it, or I'm not quiet through because I'm, I'm just yeah. bigger than I am normally. So yeah. I've, you know, I found that there are now finally some things coming in smaller sizes for women. I, am, I did mm-hmm. really well. I did really well with the she outdoor through Lasco shops. Yeah. yeah. So I got the for you know as thick as you can get. Basically, it's like snow pants and camouflage, but quiet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. Where but, did you get? Where did you get that at? Uh, the Bass Pro shops. Bass yeah. Pro. Okay. Yeah. Bass Pro. That's a good. That's a good line of stuff. It is at Cabela. Also has the outfit. Her. I. It's not. Yep. Up as nice for me. They have a lot of the the four in one kind of mm-hmm. coats things. I've never had any luck with that kind of stuff. Um, but the the she outdoors good and also um, I got. I just ordered some icebreaker merino wool. Um, 
And I that's finally that. women's sizes. It's great. It's like on sale right now, I think, at Cabela's or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with wool. And icebreaker. Icebreaker is, I, I wear a lot of icebreaker. I wear a lot of smart wool. Um, another company from down under. Um, um, the outfit her stuff is, is, I'm built a little differently. I'm very broad in the shoulders and, and kind of broad through the back and, and so I find sometimes that the traditional women's cut clothing is a little tight for me and I don't have this little tiny waist, you know. Um, another tip for smaller women is, and Cabela's usually, well, actually Bass Pro does too, check out the youth section, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for young for young young kids because you'd be surprised, especially like in one-piece suits and stuff, yeah, buy them right off the rack and you don't have to cut the legs off or anything like that. Right. And yep. uh, it that sometimes works really well too. Um what was, uh, gosh, now I'm trying to think of a line of clothing that I bought a while ago that was really good that I can't get anymore, so I'll stop there before I, you know, yeah, go and buy this. You won't be able to find it in any stores, but it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Browning. Browning made good clothing. There's definitely more, and I think that goes to say with the, the women being a growing demographic, right? Like, we're finally mm-hmm. starting to see the gear coming. And it's not all pink. Yeah. No. Oh, God. Just think. No. Hey. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> there are some ladies who like nothing r- nothing wrong with pink but it, it no. it's it's yeah, no the thought that we all <laughs> yeah. like pink anyways all right so we've got gear covered what about firearms any any favorite firearms that are out there you know for specifically like if you're hunting miss i know kelly you bought yourself something right oh you know what when i turned 30 I cried when I turned 40 I used an excuse to buy everything I ever wanted so uh, I, bought myself, I bought myself a beautiful 20 under Fosty she shotgun did. which I it's love beautiful. the Conrad oh, nice. I I love it uh, got, and it's uh, I love it I got my first and my second and my third with it and I shot some some trap and yeah I would definitely recommend it getting you know something that you love like i i yeah. don't have a lot of them but the ones i have i love yeah. and you're and going I, to use them and i, and I yes. use them all yeah 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 i have i have you know my my ipsic gun i have my shotgun i have my rifle i have my crossbow like i i have one of everything for every purpose that i love i have to ask what do you shoot for ipsic I have a Sig Sauer 1911 and 9, the stainless it's steel. It's beautiful. I've shot it. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, all right. All right, so you're shooting classic? I'm shooting classic, yeah. Yeah. I just oh, switched cool. over to classic. Oh, nice. Right. see a lot of the, you, you would, you would, you should come out here. You would be the only woman shooting classic. <laughs> Don, you, sh- Don, you should open, yeah. do you not? No, I don't. I shoot production. Oh, do you? Yep. Yep. What I'm a shadow, I'm a shadow girl. Oh, oh shadow, I'm a shadow girl. Yeah, I'm a shadow girl. Just got to uh, have a pair of shadow twos, and uh, just uh, gonna start the season with those. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Cool. Excellent. Oh yeah. yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty awesome. So I, um, I have, uh, I have to say that I'm partial to Finnish rifles. Very okay. partial to Finnish rifles. So um, I have my first, my first uh, rifle was a Tika 270. And I'm I'm kind of an oddball um, because I'm I'm left eye dominant. I shoot handguns with my right hand. I shoot rifles with my left hand. 
And so all my rifles have to be left-handed bolt. And the Finnish companies, Sako and Tika, they do have a pretty extensive selection of rifles in left-handed if that's what you are. Um, but they're, yeah, but they're just wicked good firearms. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're tremendous. And uh, so I've been very, very happy with, um, with what I've got. I've got, uh, I've got five Tikas now and, and one Sako and, and uh, um, I, I'd be hard pressed to pick I think the 270 is my favorite, but the 30-06 gets the job done on everything. And mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a, like, oh, my God, you know, which pair of shoes do I wear today? Which rifle do I want to hunt with? <laughs> but they're they're but they're but all amazing. So, yeah, they're all amazing. Yeah. Don't you also collect? Um, that... I do. I collect most in the game. And how many do yeah. you have? I just bought, um, I just bought, a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I also just bought, I, I forget, I can't believe I forgot this, I also just bought a still-in-the-box Sako Forrester uh, from the oh, 60s. Okay. She She's wow. never had a bolt in her yet. I mean, she's still, the the sling is still all wrapped up. She's still got the, the paper washers where the bolts, where the swivels are. Um, it's absolutely the most wow. beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I'll never, I'll probably never shoot it. It's an absolutely... What? Oh no! Oh, you no! I think if you saw this, you'd agree with me. It's just absolutely a magnificent-looking piece of work. She's she's stunning. Um, it's made to shot. I know, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have her up on my book page pretty soon. I just picked her up the other day. So, um, but yeah, uh, I do have a few extra Mosins. I just got another M44 carbine, and um, yeah, so. Wow. And I picked up a new, uh, no, new, not new, but again, it's only had a couple of rounds through it, a uh, Springfield Garand World War II military issue. And, and I'm still kind of, I can't believe I got it. I can't believe I got it. So. <laughs> nice. I lo- yeah. You. I love mine. Yeah. Oh, I just, I'm just, just like, oh, my God. I got lucky. I got so lucky. So, so where yeah, are you finding all these gun. great finds? Networking. 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 I was just thinking, yeah, you're networking. the kind of girl I like to shop with. <laughs> hey, you just <laughs> come on with me and we'll go shopping, baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, like it's, um, as I think I said in my in the earlier show, I'm really, really lucky that I have a super network of guys out here who, um, whether they just want to humor me because I'm their pet project or what, I don't know, but uh, it's like. It's, it's been relatively easy for me to get my hands on some very good stuff because I've got a tremendous core group of um, very experienced male shooters across a variety of disciplines who are only too happy to say, mm-hmm. okay, Dawn, let me see what I can do. You know, I'm very, very yeah, lucky that way. That That is one thing about, that I've noticed pretty much whenever I go to a range or whenever I go out with with men that I don't like have experience with, they're always happy to help. They're very yeah. accommodating. They, they yeah. would bend over backwards to help someone new, yeah. especially a woman, get, in, yeah. get yep. into shooting. And then you shoot a little upset. Sorry. Well, that's, yeah, that's the after. <laughs> the before and the after, right? Uh, that's too funny. Okay. That's too funny. But it's funny because I, I belong to two different gun clubs and without without naming them because if anybody's listening, they might recognize who they are. But one of them, I find, has been... They can't actually. It's the Ipsic team that I belong to, and on the mainland in Abbotsford, and 
there's there's nothing those guys won't do for me, literally. Um, right. Yeah. Whether it's no matter what field it is, you know, they might rib me and give me a really hard time about something, but but at the end of the day, there there isn't anything that they won't say. Okay, well, you know, we'll help you out with that. Um, I've got some very very committed people and great friends and and supporters on the island as well. But as I think we discussed earlier, trying to get the women's core group going there has been sometimes a real head banging experience. And and some of the guys there think, yeah, this is wonderful. I'll do everything I can. And some of them are like, oh God, you know, I definitely get that, you know, that 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 sense that there's a handful that are that have been. Um, well, yeah, you may be successful now, but just don't, we, we're just not going to let you forget that we've been doing this much longer than you have. And mm-hmm. fortunately, you don't have to run into that all that often because, yeah. you know, the majority of the fellas are, are wonderful, but, you know. The majority of them are so. mm-hmm. Yeah, the majority Very of them are absolutely great. Nothing for women to be intimidated about. The men are, the men are awesome. Awesome. Okay, remember I gave you guys a question at the and Dawn says, I know right away. <laughs> yeah, you better let her go for Zion. You're still There's, thinking about what, that. Yeah, what was the question I, again? The question was, okay, what is your dream uh, oh, yeah, hunting yeah, adventure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, I, Dawn, I, go. <laughs> I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go. Well, first of all, I have two. I actually have two. One okay. of them is an, any hunt where the weather is going to be awesome and the scenery is terrific and the game is good. So okay. it doesn't really matter. It could be my own backyard. But my dream hunt is, mm-hmm. for, is New Zealand. For tar sheep. Oh, okay. That's my, that's my dream it, hunt. Why is it your dream hunt? Um, first of all, I've never been to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, because the tar are incredibly, they're spectacular animals. Um, they are, they're beautiful. I mean, the scenery in, in New Zealand is, is crazy. Uh, that's all mountain hunting, which I, mm-hmm. I love. And I've got some, some buddies down there that guide and, and uh, you know, got to know some, some contact. Again, networking, you know, down in New Zealand. And they're like, hurry up and get down here. Let's go hunting, you know. So that's my dream hunt. That is totally my dream hunt. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so this is, where, this is where you can tell that the hunter from the newbie. Because I, I'd like to, my sights are considerably lower. And that I I am pretty much would be like ecstatic to go elk hunting in northern Alberta. Oh and yeah. Like because for one thing I would I would love to have the meat. Like yeah. I think elk right. is fantastic and and I love Alberta. I haven't been out there in fifteen years probably. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I think I think that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, and this is would... again where where networking would probably go with that. Especially if it might yeah. be might happen yeah oh yeah and dawn yours might happen is i'm planning on it you know um i'm i'm definitely definitely planning on it it it, for me hunting is about the hunt is great but i did a walrus hunt year before last and you might think oh my god what are you gonna do you're gonna go out in the nice flow and plug a you know like shoot a walrus what for but the the most the most incredible part of that hunt was being was watching the prep of the animal after by the Inuit guides I was with and how they prepared that animal, how they took that animal down, how they, you know, how they put the, the fat and the meat packets together to be taken back to the hamlets to be buried over the winter, how they stripped out the intestines to make ropes and stuff out of after. It was the whole traditional process 
that was what I went up to see. And that, I mean, I took hundreds of photographs of of this. You know, you're, you're standing on this ice floor, it's 20 years in a survival suit, and it's just like, eh, you know. But that was the cool it had it, it wasn't about going up to get another species. It was to watch this incredible process that's been happening for ever hundreds of years and just to watch these young guys what they did and just oh my god i will never i might never never like 10 years ago like never in a million years would i would i think that i would have the opportunity to watch the way this was conducted and that was the key thing for me wasn't about adding another tag it was watching this entire traditional process that was crazy Yeah. yeah that is crazy actually that's amazing yeah, it was. It was just like, whoa, you know. And and what we were talking about a little bit earlier, if I can, you know, add to that, is all those photos have been a very, very useful tool for me um, when it comes down to showing antis. Well, why would you want to hunt animal X? Well, look, right. let me show you the pictures of what happened. This is where all this went. This is what this was used for. This is where this is going to go. This is what these people will take home and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't but it generally brings a whole different perspective and people go wow i i hadn't thought about it that way you know especially arctic that will ensure nothing goes to waste nothing goes nothing goes nothing 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 goes to waste nothing it's pretty pretty wonderful so i think though too part of the reason hunting gets such a bad rap is the people that are against it don't really know what happened like yeah like you said but also just like even here for me when I got my first deer and we turned in the hide history and you know they give that to the the native people for them to make you know moccasins and sell back Mm -hmm. to us or I didn't know that happened before I started hunting I never really thought about where the skins went Mm -hmm. yeah but but yeah like yeah they don't really advertise obviously that part of the conservation to the the non-hunters of the population Mm -hmm. you know no they don't and that is something that um i get kidded about gently but but kidded nonetheless is that i won't i've been on several obviously several outfitted guided hunts i mean out of province and stuff and for me if i can't be assured that i'm going to be able to take the meat and everything else i want out then it's a Mm -hmm. no-go. Like my muskox, every piece of that animal that we could, my last muskox hunt, I mean, there's a, there's a hide on the floor. There's a skull on the, on the tabletop. There's, you know, there were a couple of hundred pounds of meat that came out of that. Um, My moose from my first, my very first moose, again, head on, there's a skull on the wall. There was a freezer full of meat and I've got a, I insisted that the hide be tanned. I got the hide back from the taxidermist. And I've got some beautiful pieces of, um, I've got this, like, one of my favorite pieces of, favorite items is gorgeous V-point kind of slingback knapsack purse that was made for me out of my moose, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, that whole animal ended up being put to use, you know, the whole thing. So it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, and people don't think about that. They just they think you're going to shoot it and then you're going to, you know, cut just the nose it. off or take some steaks away and just leave it. You know, and uh, yeah, doesn't work that way. You know, does not work no, that way. No, not if you're out. No, no. Your feet and your family. So. Yep, exactly. 
Exactly. All right. Well, ladies, I just, unless, Stacey, we haven't heard. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kelly and Don have covered it very, very well. Well, I th- yeah, I think that you guys are, um, it's great for somebody who's a non-hunter or somebody that's relatively, you have, you both have assumption. And even in from, for guys that are, uh, uh, so uh, I think that anybody can listen to, and also listen to some great stories. I oh, I, yeah, you, we never, yeah. we never got into, we never got into some of my stories, some of the stories. Oh, do you want to tell a story? <laughs> I, I have, I have one story that I think is really, really important. Okay, um, tell us the story. Um, and I don't mind um, debasing myself about this one because it was a horribly embarrassing, uh, no, it was, it was, it was a, it was a real, it was a terrible experience for me. But I learned enormously from it and I pass it on every chance I get to new hunters. Um, I had just come back from the walrus, my walrus hunt, and I was flying out of Ottawa, coming back to Vancouver, and I was heading straight up north to go hunting within just a couple of days' turnaround. And when I arrived in Vancouver, my rifle case had been broken open, and, um, well, it was right after the whole Cecil the Lion episode, and I arrived in Abbotsford, um, rifle hanging out of the case, WestJet was very dismissive, um, I got a guy who said, well, I also hunt. And I mean, it was, it was a nasty exchange and I, you know, basically stormed out of the airport before I went on my next hunt. I didn't check the gun. Yeah. I didn't check the sights to see if they had been um, damaged in any way. I didn't check the actual firearm to see if it had been damaged in any way. And when I got up to where I was going for my goat, uh, we were in a huge hurry to get off the float planes on the horses and and go, and I didn't sight the rifle in. So I had ammunition, heavier ammunition that I wasn't terribly familiar with, and I didn't feel really comfortable about all of this, but I thought, well, you know, everything's going to be fine. Up until this point, I'd never had any problems. And I had, let's just say that of the rounds I shot the goat with, I missed him with most of them. Um, I did kill him, but it wasn't a first a first hit, and I could not for the life of me figure out what the problem was. I was in hysterics on the side of this mountain at 7,500 feet because nothing is working. We found hmm. we had fragmented jackets in the ammunition. Uh, when we got back down to camp, a very, very experienced young guy said, Don, give me the rifle. I'm going to check it out for you and see if this is as off as... It appears to be because I really don't think this right. is your shooting. I think there's equipment, there's an equipment glitch here somewhere. And sure enough, this kid, it's a crack shot, couldn't put one round out of 10 on a two by six at 100 yards. Hmm. So the rifle comes back into, into Victoria, taken to my local gunsmith who's always worked on my stuff. And five months later, they get the scope issue straightened out. They had Swarovski, bless Swarovski's heart, involved in the U.S. because the reticle on that, they were, they were so far off, I may as well have been shooting at the moon. <laughs> and all of that could have been avoided if I'd taken a day to get that rifle up and think, yeah, you know what? That thing got beat up. It was obviously thrown out of the case. It made it all. If I had taken the time to check to make sure, I would have ended up taking another rifle and nothing would have happened. But I didn't. So it was a very hard, hard lesson for me to learn, but you can bet I am never going to make that mistake again. No doubt. You know, um, never going to make that mistake again. And and WestJet, you know, they're usually great with 
firearms and stuff, never had a problem. This one trip, somebody somewhere didn't like the fact that a gun case, I don't know. I'll never know the whole story. I'll never know what happened, you know, but what I, it, it, it did go terribly wrong. And now, you know, I'd always been meticulous about checking my gear before. That was the one time I let my guard down. It's never going to happen again. Hmm. I'll remember that. That's a story. It's a good yeah. learning. Yeah. So that was the biggie there. Always check your gear. Always, 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 always. Um, always check your gear. And, and never be afraid it. to, yeah, and never be afraid to question something if you think something isn't right. You know, never be afraid to. So. Okay. Well, it's a good sharing it with well, us. it's it's uh, it's. I have one more quick one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is actually very funny. This is actually really really funny. Right. My first hunt, I'm up with my best friend. Right, he forgets I'm. We're shooting caribou. It's snowing. I'm propped mm-hmm. up against a rock. Remember what I said about taking a shot off a rock? And yep. I'm setting my rifle up. And I see this caribou bull. This is going to be, you know, whatever. But remember, this is in the Arctic. It's like flat. There's nothing but snow. There's a few rocks. And I go to take my hat off to look through my scope a little better and I go to ruffle my hair like get my hair out of my eyes and all of a sudden I hear my my friend screaming at me right you're gonna shoot the animal with the wrong hand you got the rifle in the wrong hand turned around to him and I said you blankety blank I'm left-handed <laughs> <laughs> well oh yeah cause he's like watching me set up with this thing left hand he says she says you're gonna shoot it with the wrong hand put it in the other hand and then I stop and look, his guide stops and look, the caribou stops and look, <laughs> right? We're all stopping and looking at him. I'm screaming back at him. You know, I, I won't repeat what I said, but he gets, all of a sudden he gets very, very sheepish. And he's like, oh, yeah, I he forgot. Goes, oh, you know? sorry. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, he's like, well, you hadn't really before much. So I figured, it, you know, I didn't want to let you blow the shot because you got all excited and you forgot which hand you were, where you were supposed to shoulder the gun. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for that, my best and friend. And did the moose run away? <laughs> did it run away? No, I no she no he stood there, and I think oh, maybe that funny. was that was part of the thing was just like it's like when those two were finished fighting with each other, you know, and uh, the Inuk thought it was hilarious. Our two guides <laughs> thought it was absolutely hysterical because we were, you know, you hunt in, in pairs up there for you know yeah. reasons Safe. of safety and whatnot. They thought it was hysterical. <laughs> and I've, you know, they, they thought this was absolutely hilarious. I wasn't quite so sure it was all that funny, but, but it was You're with the wrong hand. Like, now, no. was this friend aware, like, had he shot Ipsic with you? So they're shooting right-handed and Ipsic and shooting No, no, this is the guy that, no? Per, no, this is my best friend. This is the guy that actually oh. put, first put a rifle in my hand. This is the guy that watched me shoot left-handed at the range. I wasn't oh, shooting okay. Ipsic at that time. I hadn't started shooting Ipsic at that point. And he knew, he knew perfectly well that I shot left-handed rifles. And all of a sudden, it's like, what are you doing? You said, da, 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 da. Look what side the bolts on, you idiot. You know? <laughs> It's only funny because you still got the animal. If the animal had run away, you'd still be mad. Oh, I I would never have let him forget that if that had happened. He would never have lived that down. But you know, I'm sure you never let him forget it now. He never lets me forget it. He says you have to take your hair, you have to take your hat off to adjust your hair and fix your makeup. I still don't hear the end of it. So it works both ways. Every time I rag him about that one, I guess, but, well, yeah, but if you hadn't stopped, you know, if you hadn't stopped to have this little crimping spa session. And... Yeah, fix your, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hearing about that for a long time, I think. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right.
Well, on that funny story, yeah. let, let's end the show. I wanted to thank you, Kelly and Stacy and Dawn. Thanks oh, you're for welcome. Having me. Tonight. Yeah. Thanks for, for listening uh, to me prattle on. Oh, it was awesome. I really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time in trying to get this all together. Um, we work schedule. Um, <laughs> getting it, to, getting it set up it took a while but i really had fun so i wanted to thank so you so did i thank out. you so much yeah yeah, yeah. All awesome right. and okay. i'm hoping that we can have this out in the next little while okay so i'll Perfect. let you guys know and Excellent. yeah any okay. parting words of wisdom for everybody get out there and do it ladies you don't know what yeah, you're just missing try it yeah uh, and yeah. stacy i'm just wondering if they're talking i'm just wondering if they're talking to you and i i think oh, so for sure. <laughs> For sure. All right. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.